0: Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you during this beautiful Christmas time. And we still are in the Christmas season. You know, tomorrow uh, is the 6th, so that's the epiphany traditionally celebrated. Uh, So we're still in Christmas time. So happy Christmas to you. Happy New Year on this uh, January 5th, 2022. And today is the feast day of a a local saint to us here at Domestic Church Media over in uh, the Philadelphia area, in Philadelphia, on 5th and Girard, the Shrine of St. John Neumann, who is uh, a canonized saint. And you can actually go to the shrine. It's a beautiful shrine. And uh, the saint's body is there. You can uh, venerate the body and uh, spend some time over there. It's a beautiful uh, shrine if you've not been. So happy feast day, St. John Neumann, today, January 5th, 2022. It is Wednesday. And so I'm going to share with you some of our Holy Father's general audience from earlier today in Rome, uh, already making headlines. <laughs> I just—I I was going through secular news, you know. I just like to see what's going on in the world, and there was a headline that the Pope said something this morning that ruffled some feathers. <laughs> Where do you hear what it is? Uh, also, um. I want to share with you after our prayer, uh, the first part of the program today, um, a a, a survey by the Pew Research Organization that was done just before Christmas that, according to the survey, found that three in ten, three out of ten adults in the United States are now considering themselves to be religiously unaffiliated. The nuns, the nones. So I want to share some more detail of that survey with you and talk about how we can change that. But first we're going to pray, my brothers and sisters. So again, thank you for being here. Thanks to all of you. You We're still getting uh, mail uh, as a result of our mailing from last month, the December mailing, some of the envelopes and prayer requests still coming in. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. I love praying for you, and, and thank you for humbling me and honoring me Uh, and entrusting to me uh, your special prayer intentions. And in my uh, Liturgy of the Hours in our chapel here, as well as my daily rosary, uh, your intentions are being prayed for. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Uh, We're going to pray our prayer of consecration to the Holy Family of Nazareth. So um, I decided to continue to pray this prayer this year, at least maybe through Lent, um, because family is under horrible attack. You know, this whole uh, pandemic situation has created enormous division, um, and uh, especially in families. So I'm going to pray for family consecration. So please join me as we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer, We entrust our family to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church, where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And our prayers to St. Michael and to Our Lady. As Holy Father asked us to pray these prayers every day. Over three years ago, he asked these to be part of our daily prayers, uh, with the particular intention to pray uh, these prayers to protect the church from the attacks of the devil And then we've added to that to protect our homes, our families, and our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, in a special way, St. Saint jo- Saint John Neumann. pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And again, my brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for praying together, starting our time together this way. You know, I've been doing this a long, long time. Oh boy, uh, since December of nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> that's, that's a long time ago. Um, but I love every minute of it. And my favorite time is this hour when we can come together, and you know, I can close the door to the studio and cut off all that is outside, and just be with you uh, wherever you are, however you listen or watch. You know, we do come to you live on our YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash domestic church media. You can watch the program, and of course, now with all the technology that's at our disposal that we do utilize, uh, we bring these broadcasts literally around the world. So, uh, you know, I think really what I've been placed on my heart this year in a special way through conversation with friends and in prayer, that I really want this apostolate in every way possible. And we use it as our tagline. We've been using it as our tagline for years to communicate hope. People today so much need hope. Uh, There's so much around us in this world and uh, so much secularization. And We're going to get to this survey by the Pew Research Center in just a moment so much secularization that has um, uh, enculturated people uh, where they have allowed themselves to put God out of the center of their lives, replace him with other things, worldly and material things, or nothing at all, just that great void that is left when you allow your heart to be emptied of your acknowledgment and love for God. God never leaves us. No matter what people think, even the, 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 the hardest-hearted atheist is still a child of God. God created that individual, and God loves that individual. And he doesn't walk away. It's the individual who puts God out. So I, I want this apostolate this year, in whatever way we can, and, and, and it's been on my heart for a while, and, you know, I've been so disturbed, and I'm sure many of you, most of you have been disturbed by the great division that we've seen in our, our culture, whether it be in, you know, our country politically, it's been in our church for a while, uh, it's, it's uh, it infiltrated our homes, this enormous division, which is not of God. Satan is the great divider. And he will do whatever he can in whatever way he is allowed to. And usually it's how we allow him to. Divide. But I don't want that. And I want this apostolate to, as we say in our tag, proclaim the joy of the gospel and communicate hope. That when you come here, it's a haven of hope for you. It's a beacon of light that guides you into safe harbor. That's why we need Catholic media, because the mainstream media, the secular media, they don't don't give you that message. They present dire uh, messages of fear and despair and hopelessness. But we want to communicate hope to you every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So thank you for allowing me to do that. And in our discussions in our teachings in our presentations in whatever way they come whether it's this program or any other program that we do broadcast that we communicate that hope that we all need and that that supernatural hope you know that the world can't even acknowledge and and they don't want to but we as people of faith we know that there's an enormous uh, virtue given to us by the holy spirit this virtue of supernatural hope and that really is our is our carries us through this life so that we don't fall into despair so let me share with you though this we got to talk about this this is a situation in our country right now uh, based on this survey that was done just before christmas by the pew research uh, organization Uh, about three out of every ten adults in the U.S. now consider themselves religiously unaffiliated. The nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, they have nothing. Three out of ten, that's 30%. Self-identified Christians make up 63% of the U.S. population in 2021. So of the people surveyed, and the Pew Research Center is a very reliable uh, um, uh, organization, but they discovered in this survey that they did, or released anyway just before Christmas, they did it last year in 2021, people who identified as Christians make up 63% of the population In 2021. What do you think it was 10 years ago in 2011? What percentage of the US population self identified as Christian in the year 2011? Just 10 years ago. Now it's 63% in 2021. You know what it was in 2011? 75%. That's a drop of 12% of Christians or people who self identified as Christians in just 10 years. This is going to break down a little bit for you. Um, Christians continue to make up a majority of the U.S. population. but as I just shared with you, their share uh, is 12% lower, people identifying as Christians, 12% lower than it was just 10 years ago in 2011. In addition, the share of U.S. adults who say they pray on a daily basis. Now, you you good people who listen and watch Catholic media, Catholic radio, Catholic television, I know you pray 100% of the time every day. There's not a day goes by when you don't pray. I know that. You wouldn't be watching or listening to Catholic radio if that weren't the case. But the share of U.S. adults who say they pray on a daily basis has been trending downward, as has the share who say religion is, quote-unquote, very important in their lives. So 3 in 10 of U.S. adults, 29%, are religious nuns, N-O-N-E-S, people who describe themselves as atheists, agnostics, nothing in particular, Uh, when asked about their religious identity. Self-identified Christians of all uh, varieties, including Protestants, Catholics, members of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and Orthodox Christians, make up 63% of the adult population. And Christians outnumber the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, by a ratio of a little more than 2 to 1 in 2007. So... Not that long ago, uh, 2007 was uh, four, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, when the Center began asking its current question about religious identity. Christian out, Christians outnumbered the nuns, the N O N E S, by almost five to one. So in 15 years, it went from five to one Christians to people who had nothing uh, or identified with no uh, formal uh, religion to Two to one. Uh, Now. And the survey found that the recent declines within Christianity are concentrated among Protestants. About 40% of U.S. adults are Protestants, a group that is broadly defined to include non-denominational Christians and people who describe themselves as just Christian, along with Baptists, Methodists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, and members of other denominational families, so 40% Protestant. The Protestant share of the population is down four percentage points over the last five years, dropped 10 points in 10 years, Protestants. By comparison, this survey found that Catholics, the share of the Catholic population, uh, the Catholic share of the population, I should say, which had ticked down between 2007 and 2014, has held relatively steady in recent years. So as of 2021, 21% of the U.S. adults describe themselves as Catholic, identical to the Catholic share of the population in 2014, so eight years ago. So that's not changed, which I, I guess is good news as long as they're practicing Catholics, and say, you know self-identifying as Catholic. Well, well, hey, listen, we've seen and heard many people, prominent people, usually politicians, who identify themselves as Catholic, who are not living a very uh, Catholic life, right? And, you know, we're not going to name names. You know know who they are. One sits in the White House. Uh, Sorry, that's (laughs) that's a fact. Um, Within Protestantism, evangelicals continue to outnumber those who are not evangelical. Currently, 60% of Protestants say yes when asked whether they think of themselves as a born-again or evangelical Christian while a 40% say no or decline to answer the question. The pattern exists among both white and black Protestants. Among white Protestants, 58% say yes when asked uh, whether they think of themselves as born again or evangelical Christians compared to 42% who say no. And among black Protestants, evangelicals outnumber the non-evangelicals by two to one, 66 to 33%. Overall, Both the evangelical and non-evangelical Protestants have seen their shares of the population decline as the percentage of U.S. adults who identify with Protestantism has dropped. 24% of U.S. adults describe themselves as born-again or evangelical Protestants. That's down six points uh, since 2007. And during that same period, there's also been a six-point decline in the share of adults who are Protestant but not born-again or evangelical. This survey was done from May 29th to August 25th of last year. Um, And it was done in many, many different ways among nationally representative groups of respondents. I won't go into all those details with you there. Um, But the long-term trend in the share of U.S. adults who say religion is an important part of their lives is a bit more difficult to measure precisely because indicators... Our religious identity and frequency of prayer produced by self-administered surveys, like uh, their different methods, can be con- uh, directly compared with estimates produced by uh, interviewer-administered surveys. So, you know, there is some uh, margin of error there. Uh, roughly 3 in 10 adults, again, say they attend religious services at least once or twice a month, including 25% who say they attend at least once a week and 7% who attend once or twice a month. Uh, These figures are similar to 2020, when 33% reported uh, attending religious services at least once or twice a month. Um, Let's see, we have a little more time. More than 6 in 10 black Protestants, that's 63%, say they attend religious services at least once or twice a month with monthly attendance peaking at 70% among black evangelical Protestants. Um, Regular religious attendance is much less common (laughs) among guess who? This is what the survey found, and I'm just quoting. Regular religious attendance is much less common among U.S. Catholics. 35% of whom say they attend monthly or more often, and white Protestants who are not born-again evangelicals, 28%, and frequent religious attendance is almost unheard of among religious nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, 97% of whom say they attend a few times a year or less. But 35% of those individuals who consider themselves Catholic say they attend monthly or more often. Aren't we supposed to go at least once a week? Isn't that, isn't that uh, what we're taught, uh, told and taught? Um, let's see if I can find any more before we... And they go into other 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 faiths, like the Jewish faith, Muslim faith. Um, subgroups that together make up the religious nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, have grown. 4% of respondents describe themselves as atheists. That's up 2% in 10 years. 5% describe themselves as agnostic. That's up 3% from a, a decade ago one in five u.s adults 20 percent now describe their religion as nothing in particular up from 14 percent up for, from 14 percent who said this 10 years ago so it was 20 percent in 2021 14 percent ten years ago so it went up six percent people who uh, describe their religion as nothing in particular um let's see if i can And then it just talks about methodology, how they did it. Uh, I don't know if I have the. That's all. It's, then The rest is like a lot of numbers and statistics on how they how they conducted the survey. Um, but when you you know put it all in perspective, and look at the world today. Um, and look at the declining numbers of individuals who are affiliated, uh, affiliated with any religion. Now, the, the, the only one little shining beam of light in there was that the number of individuals who consider themselves Catholic has not declined. It's remained steady over the past seven to eight years. It's not, it's not gone down. But, you know, again, identifying as Catholic is one thing. Practicing the faith is another. And, you know, what is it that, that, that is happening over the past couple of years? When the churches shut down when, at the beginning of the pandemic, remember that, that period of time where you just couldn't even get in a church, the doors were locked, and all of a sudden we started having the streaming masses online. People could watch on Facebook or on the YouTube channel which was great at the time because it, you couldn't get into the church, so this is the next best thing. But it's not the next—you know, it, 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 today, sadly, there are many people who who got into that habit and now consider it their main way of going to church. And if there's reason for it, people, is, the individuals are shut in. You know, we've been do, broadcasting the Mass on our stations from the very beginning because there are people— who can't get to Mass. There are shut-ins. There are people who are sick who just can't get out of the house, and they shouldn't get out of it. They shouldn't be going out in, into a crowded church if they're sick. But they still then have the blessing of being able to listen or watch the Mass. But not make it their only way and the main way of attending Mass now. You know, have, have the numbers gone up since the doors have opened again and the restrictions and the mandates have gone away. And I know there's right now, there's a lot of concern about the Omicron, um, you know, that's scaring people um, and keeping people away. But it goes way beyond that. There's been a domino effect over the past couple of generations of American Catholics. I am a baby boomer. My parents when I grew up, in and I was born in the mid middle of the last century, and uh, baptized Catholic and grew up in a Catholic home, went to Catholic school. My parents sent us all to Catholic school. In those days, in the late 1950s, early 1960s, a mass attendance, regular mass attendance, was about 80 percent of people who called themselves Catholic would attend mass regularly, weekly. And today, sixty years later, it's it's just the opposite. If that, now we have only thirty some percent of the uh, of Catholics who uh, individuals who, who consider themselves Catholic. Um, we we heard this same research organization a couple of years ago did the survey on the the a Catholics. Um, um, belief or understanding of the real presence in the Eucharist, and only 30-some percent said they believed it? How do we get these people back? You know, and I use the quote, and it's a marvelous quote. He said it probably over 10 years ago, but the former Archbishop of Philadelphia, Archbishop Charles Chaput, one time said, we've allowed the culture to catechize our people. This is why An apostolate such as this is so important. And this is why an apostolate such as this needs to integrate into all forms of media, to be present where other organizations with contrary teachings and beliefs are present, to give our people that haven of hope, to give all people, not just the Catholic people, but people who are looking for the truth. We have the fullness of all truth in the tenets of our faith. We have it. You know, God bless and God love our Protestant brothers and sisters, their their fellow believers. But they don't have the fullness of the faith that the Catholic Church does. Why do I say that? Because the Catholic Church is the church, the one true church founded by Christ himself. That's a fact. There's no denying it. We can go back from Francis to Jesus. the apostolic succession. And along the way, there have been individuals who have left the church and started their own Christian denomination because they have denominated from the one true faith. And that's not, I'm not saying that to be harsh or negative to our our non-Catholic and Protestant brothers and sisters. We love you. We want to give you everything that the Lord Revealed in the deposit of faith that is our church. And even our own people don't have a full understanding of it, sadly, anymore. We have to do better at catechesis. We have to do better at living our faith, because that's the greatest catechesis, living our faith. I'll take a break. When I come back, I want to go to Rome with you. And to share with you some of what our Holy Father taught this morning in his general audience. So stay where you are because he ruffled some feathers again. I'll be right back. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but he had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically but we don't change in His mind, see? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with Him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you and it's all different. See, we're all different. And we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not His fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in a student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Teresa Tamio. Every time I go to Mass and see my husband serving on the altar as a deacon, it hits me how, with God, all things are possible. I mean, there is no way that we should be still married, number one, based on all the problems we had. But number two, the fact that I'm in Catholic media and my husband is a deacon is simply a testimony to the power of God and the teachings of the Church that saved our marriage and, more importantly, our souls. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio heard right here on Domestic Church Media weeknights at 5. Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at StreetEvangelization.com. That's StreetEvangelization.com. My family left the church because of a, a very negative experience with a specific priest, and that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests, but we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was, I was cheated out a big part of my journey in my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where what our culture is all about right now, is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Bishop Robert Barron Tolkien has reached out to you know, Nordic culture and literature and Icelandic sagas and all sorts of things. He learned a lot about the good, the true and the beautiful from his study of pre-Christian cultures. He used narrative forms that were accessible to the culture. He adapted that to evangelical purposes. So that shows you that flexibility. It shows you a certain um, creativity in the evangelical uh, art. He did not proselytize Rather, he very delicately and indirectly and cleverly evangelized through the imagination so that someone taking in these great stories of Tolkien or his friend C.S. Lewis, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I get that. I recognize that pattern. So that finally when they hear the gospel, they'll say, yeah, I understand that. I learned that from the Lord of the Rings. I learned that pattern from the Narnia stories. That was the genius of those fellows. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. welcome back friends on this lovely january 5th 2022 the feast of saint john newman i do pray you're having a blessed happy and holy day during this glorious christmas season and although we celebrated liturgically the epiphany of our lord on uh, sunday tomorrow january 6th is traditionally celebrated as the epiphany and uh, the last day of the christmas season is this coming weekend as we remember the baptism of the Lord. And then we head back into ordinary time, and uh, it won't be long before Lent is upon us. So what a beautiful gift the Church gives us in these liturgical cycles. Uh, But I do hope you're still keeping your Christmas lights on. Hopefully your Christmas tree is still up. Hopefully your nativity scene is still up. You're bringing those three kings a little bit closer to the manger. It always, it always saddens me when I see Christmas trees out at the curb a day or two after Christmas, even now. Keep it up. It's still Christmas. So thank you for being here and being a part of my day. And you know, you heard the little spot there. We started uh, on Monday. Now I heard at 5 o'clock here on these domestic church media radio stations and all of our audio platforms, uh, the Catholic Connection with T- Teresa Tamio at 5 p.m. now, and um, and I have to apologize because we had some difficulty over the past couple of days with some of our broadcasts not happening. You know, it's all technology. Uh, Our stations are really pretty much automated. They're run by computer. Uh, I have to program the computer and tell it what to do. But uh, unfortunately, um, I guess over this past weekend, Windows 10 had an update, and that's the operating system that we use, and Windows 10 had an update, and it kind of realigned some of our settings, and it just made a mess. So <laughs> please forgive us. We do the best we can here, uh, and uh, hopefully things are back to normal. But at 5 o'clock, right after this program, in uh, just about 22 minutes from now, um, Teresa Tamio in Catholic Connection. What we do, it's, it's, it's you know she's on live at 9 a.m., but we have the wisdom of Father Groeschel and the Holy Rosary during that hour. And I don't touch the rosary. <laughs> I do touch it. I pray it. But as far as broadcasting it, I tell you what: out of all the programs we air, if the Rosary doesn't air when it's supposed to, I get calls. So <laughs> I'm leaving the Rosary right where it is, and uh, we're putting Teresa Tommy on. We're kind of what they call time shifting it. We recorded at nine and put it on at five. So many people now driving home from work, or uh, you know, coming back, uh, you know, in the evening, five o'clock, during drive time, in whatever way. Uh, you're doing that, spending your drive time, now can hear Teresa Tamio from 5 to 6 uh, because we know she's very popular, and um, uh, we just felt it was time to do that. So stay right where we are. Don't go away with Teresa Tamio coming up at 5, uh, Monday through Thursday. Of course, Friday, uh, Cheryl and I are here. We're going to have our brand-new season of Friday Live starting on Friday. We'll be here with you. We've been away for a while, taking a little hiatus while we gave you some nice Christmas music. But now we're back, and we hope you will join us also this coming Friday, which is First Friday, um, which means uh, Bill and George Rose, Bill Mar, George Rose will be here with Brothers in Arms uh, at 6 o'clock. A bishop is supposed to be here at 3, the last I heard, and I'm, I've am i not heard otherwise, but we know sometimes things come up in the Bishop's schedule, and it doesn't allow him to be here, but uh, he is scheduled to be here at 3 o'clock, so, uh, and then of course, Cheryl and I at 4, so... First Friday of January coming up uh, in just a couple of days, and uh, I'm happy that you allow us to be a part of your every day and your First Fridays. Uh, So let's do this. Let's go to Holy Father. And this is from this morning. Now, I saw this, and I read it early this morning from the Catholic News Agency, his teaching today. Uh, But then later on today, so I knew what he said. And uh, I was re- going through some, some secular news, online news, and it even made the secular news because Holy Father said society loses when dogs and cats take the place of children. Nothing wrong with that in my mind, right? But uh, if I can find the headline. So that was the, that, that was the gist. We'll get, we'll get to it in just a second. That was the gist of the Holy Father's teaching this morning. Dogs, uh, society loses when dogs and cats take the place of children. The headline I can find it maybe they removed it <laughs> uh, no okay so the gist of the Holy Father's teaching is that the importance of children the importance of having children and and you'll see as I share with you his message that he, he said some people unfortunately choose not to have children and rather have cats and dogs instead and make that the make, cats and dogs, their children, their choice. The headline I read, and this is Fox News, Pope Issues Controversial Stance on Couples Adopting Pets. (laughs) Pope Issues Controversial Stance on Couples Adopting Pets. That's the headline from Fox News. Let's see what the Holy Father really said, shall we? (laughs) To me, that's always the most important thing. You can read headlines. You can read synopsis. You can read all kinds of... of, of, uh, abbreviated uh, spins. But let's see what the Pope really said. To me, that's always the most important thing. So this morning, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, said that it is a civilizational loss when dogs and cats replace children in society. I mean, I, I know we have many, many animal lovers. My wife loves her cat. I'm not so crazy about the cat. but Cheryl loves that cat. But she would never, ever replace have, having had children with owning the cat and mothering the cat. Now, there are some people, you know, at certain stages in life where you obviously can't have children anymore. You're, you're beyond the childbearing age or for whatever reason you can't have children. And so you decide to, you know— uh, get a pet, and there's nothing wrong with having pets and loving your pets, but they're animals. <laughs> you know, they're, they're animals. And, and Holy Father is just trying to say, it's a civiliz- civilizational loss when dogs and cats replace children. He, said, he didn't say it was a civilizational loss when people have dogs and cats. Have your pets. Love your pets. Take care of your pets. Be kind to your pets. Adopt pets. But he said when they replace children in society, it's a civil, civilizational loss. He's, the Holy Father encouraged couples to, quote-unquote, take the risk to become parents. So let me share some of, of his actual words. The other day, this is the quote from Pope Francis, the other day I was talking about the demographic winter that we have today. Many couples do not have children because they do not want to. Or they have just one. But then they have two dogs and two cats. Holy Father said, yes, dogs and cats take the place of children. Yes, it's funny, I understand, but it's the reality. And this denial of fatherhood and motherhood diminishes us. It takes away humanity. You see, you have to put what he says in in proper perspective, and in proper context. Uh, He said that with this selfishness, and that not people who adopt pets, period, are being selfish, people who said, I don't want children, I'm not going to have them, I'm going to adopt pets instead. They'll be my children. And not because they can't have children, but because they're choosing not to have children. And Holy Father said that's selfish. Civilization becomes older, Holy Father said, as the richness of fatherhood and motherhood is lost. And he prayed, I ask St. Joseph for the grace to awaken consciences and think about this, about having children. Fatherhood and motherhood are the fullness of a person's life. Think about this. And I just read an article today that the country of Ireland, which is considered a very Catholic country, or it used to be. The country of Ireland, the government of Ireland, is now doing what the government of France is doing and has been doing. France also at one point was considered a very Catholic country. The the government of France and now the government of Ireland both give away free contraception. Free to women encouraging them to not have children. You know, there's a... And Italy, too. I mean, 99% of Italy is supposed to be a Catholic, and Italy has joined many other countries in Europe, in the Western world, that have a negative birth rate. Negative. So we wonder why we have, going back to the survey we shared at the beginning, the beginning of the program, wow. Why we have fewer Catholics. Now, when I grew up, and I'm I'm again I'm I'm a, a baby boomer, and, and you know, we were born in the middle of the last century, the the greatest generation, the World War II generation, who came back from the war, and it wasn't unusual for families like mine to have, like we did, five children or more. My goodness, today if people have more than two. Children or 1.48, whatever the percentage is, people scoff at them. What's wrong with you? You're, you're overpopulating the earth. Holy Father said and asked Saint Joseph, prayed to Saint Joseph today, to awaken consciences about having children. That fatherhood and motherhood are the fullness of a person's life. I mean, we get married. Why do we get married? As as the, the Lord God instructed us to be fruitful and multiply. He went on to say, again, meditating on St. Joseph and focusing on this, uh, the uh, good St. Joseph's role in, uh, as the foster father of Jesus, he said, this particular aspect of Joseph allows us today to reflect on fatherhood and motherhood. And this, I believe, is very important to think about fatherhood today because we live in an era of notorious orphanhood. And he said that one can sense a feeling of orphanhood among many people. And he prayed, may St. Joseph, who took the place of the real Father God, help us to understand how to resolve the sense of orphanhood that is so harmful to us today. And he spoke throughout the audience uh, this morning about accepting life through the path of adoption, calling that a generous and beautiful act. You know, a lot of people don't like to talk about today's situation where uh, many, many children are without fathers present in their lives. They certainly had a father. They exist because it took took a man and a woman to cooperate with God to bring forth that life. When we say they have no father, it means they have no father figure in their life. Yesterday, I I mentioned to you, yesterday was, was our oldest son's birthday. Hard to believe was 33 years ago. (laughs) But I will never ever forget that feeling. Number one, when we found out we were pregnant, and we had two miscarriages before Joseph uh, was born, And, and with each of the previous pregnancies, we felt a great loss at the miscarriage of each. And one was only at one month, one was at two or three months, I think. And then Joseph was born. And I think most people, when you find out you're, you're being blessed with the gift of a child, just it, it changes everything, doesn't it? But I'll never forget being in that delivery room on that January 4th, 33 years ago. It was, and I did write a little story about it. It was in Catholic Digest many years ago. I've shared it here in this program in programs past past years. But I'll never forget the the feeling of in, being in that delivery room when I heard the first cries of our first baby. I mean, it just it was it was as if the the presence of God was. so overwhelming, overpowering to me in that delivery room and with each of our other children. And, you know, you raise the children, you raise your family, and you have your very, very good times, and you have sometimes even some very bad times, parenting. But uh, to this very day, as... as uh, old as I am, and having gone through everything we went through, you know, and, and we were very blessed because my children, our children were very understanding because they were very little when we began our work in, in apostolate, and they had to make their own sacrifices in many ways. But I remember my spiritual director at the time when I was questioning, you know, I said, Father, I said, I, we have these three little children, we have a mortgage, we have Car payments, you know. I have a wife. I said, "Am I shirking my responsibilities as husband and father to do this?" Of course, there's a great balance. But my spiritual director said, "Jim, you have to be like Abraham, and your family has to be like Abraham's family. They have to follow. You. The Lord is leading you. He's directing you. He's guiding you to a particular direction. Your family has to go with you." But I'll never forget. And then this is before we were doing any apostolate. This is when I was still in in my secular uh, job, I'll never forget that day, that January 4th, uh, 33 years ago, in that delivery room when there was just an overpowering presence of God at the birth of that, our first child, as there is with every child. And that's what Holy Father is saying. Look, dogs and cats are fine. <laughs> I know we have cat lovers, we have dog lovers, we have all kinds of animal lovers. God bless you all. And we know that you know. You tell me I'm not. You know. I mean. And don't please don't write to me because I I don't. I don't hate animals. I would never hurt an animal. I'd never harm an animal. I'm just not an animal person. I was bitten by dogs when I was. (laughs) I was bitten by a German Shepherd. I'm not not German Shepherd. I was bitten by a Saint Bernard. I was about three or four year four years old, and one of our neighbors had a Saint Bernard tied up. And I went over to play with. little friend who was there in the family and who owned the dog and I went to pet the dog and I put my, my whole hand was in its mouth. This this is St. Bernard. I was bitten by a beagle one time, walking home from school, sixth grade or seventh grade. (laughs) I've not had the best relationship with dogs. And my sister had always had cats growing up. Just not a fan, that's all. But God bless people who are, who are animal lovers. But Holy Father saying, don't make that the priority over children. Being a mother, being a father, motherhood and fatherhood, he said, are, are, are just fulfilling uh, fulfillment of life if you're called to that vocation. And there are people who are married who say, I'm not going to have children. I don't want children. I'd rather have 10 cats and five dogs instead of children. And he's saying that's selfish. If you're married, especially if you're married in the church, you promise to accept children as God gives them to you. Preventing that and coming in the way of that. It's a very dangerous spiritual act, unspiritual. So that's what he's saying. And, and he's, you know, and then he went on to also talk about adopting and and what a great blessing it is to adopt. You know, so he's not saying people who have cats and dogs are selfish in and of itself. What he's saying is that people who decide to have any He mentioned cats and dogs specifically, but any, any type of animal, pet, uh, instead of having children. Not because they can't, because they don't want to, and they're refusing to. I mean, let's face it. We're made the way we're made to reproduce. <laughs> and in the, in, the, in the bond of marriage, <laughs> that's why we do that. That's why we get married to be fruitful and multiply. You see, this is—and you can go to the catholicnewsagency.com and read the Holy Fathers, just what I shared with you. But when I read that headline, on, and it was Fox News about the Holy Father, made it sound like the Holy Father was, was condemning people who own pets, and that's not what he said. You know, don't, don't, don't believe the spin sometimes, on, not just from secular media, but some, some so-called Catholic media as well. Be careful. You know, I share with you every day, every week, the Holy Father's general audience and other teachings is Angela's message. And I tell you what, I, I, I wouldn't be sharing it with you if there was anything, even an inkling, of unfaithful Catholic teaching. Love your pets. You know, I'll go home today, there's a cat in my house. Not my cat, it's Cheryl's cat. I don't hurt the cat, I don't kick the cat, I don't disturb. The cat is the cat. Cheryl loves that cat, which is fine. <laughs> but I'm just not, you know, I'm just not an animal person. That's just me. Doesn't mean I'm a mean person. I'd never hurt an animal. I would not. I, I, I you know, I know, uh, you know, there are people who, who like to hunt. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could pull a trigger and, and, and kill an animal. And there is sport in that, and there is isn't need for that, as I understand through conservation, whatever, you know, deer hunting and all that stuff. I don't. But Holy Father's main gist here is you don't have pets instead of having children being your choice. As I said, there are people who cannot have children, people who are beyond childbearing years, who need companionship. That's great. That's not what he's addressing. He's talking about people who put animals over children. And if you read what he, his words and his verbatim what he actually said— He's talking about fatherhood and motherhood, and, 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 and he, he said today, in today's world, there's a, an, a profound era of notorious orphanhood, where there's an absence of mothers and fathers. Children need mothers and fathers. They need that, that beautiful balance in their lives. Sometimes through tragedy, it, it it cannot doesn't exist. I understand that. Those are extreme and unique situations. But the, the, the plan of Almighty God was for a family, mother, father, married, having children. You know, and I, those of us who are grandparents, I say this and I've said it from the very first time we became grandparents over five years ago with our beautiful little Charlotte, our first little granddaughter. We now have two other grandsons, her brothers, our little brothers. I said it, you know, when you're a parent and you love your children, I mean, to a point where you would lay down your life for them, absolutely, your own children. I said, when you become a grandparent, all of a sudden you, re- you realize there was an enormous reserve of love. You didn't even know you had. It was a reservoir of love that existed that was released once your grandchildren come into your life. It's a whole new ball game, a whole new uh, reservoir of love that, that is gushing forth for these little ones that are now, who are now your grandchildren. It's it's such a a beautiful experience. So, bottom line, motherhood, fatherhood, have children, be fruitful and multiply. You know, it saddens us all. I think when we hear people talk about just by their own choice saying, "I don't want children," they would interrupt my life. They would they would you know cause me to have a a lesser lifestyle. I'd have to give up some things here if I had children. I wouldn't be able to travel as much. I wouldn't be able to live in such a big house. I wouldn't be able to drive the car I drive if I have kids. I don't want that. I'd rather have these things than children, even these animals over children. That's what Holy Father was talking about. That was the selfishness he was talking about. Okay, so I guess time is almost up here, so I'm going to have to head on out. Uh, Tomorrow, of course, Thursday is Catechism Day, so I do hope that you will come back and join me for that. And don't forget this coming Friday, is first Friday. That means uh, Bishop will be here, Bill and George at 6 o'clock. Cheryl, I'll be back with the brand new episodes of Friday Live. We're looking forward to that. And uh, now, as I said, stay tuned at 5 o'clock. We started broadcasting this week, and we'll now have at uh, 5 o'clock for you uh, the Catholic connection with Teresa Tamio. My brothers and sisters, thank you so much for all you do for us. Let's pray for each other. We love you. And I want to thank you for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and God love you.